Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Clara, Brazil, 1977. This involves a UFO attack that purportedly occurred down there. Now the first article talks about this is from MysteriousUniverse.com and they they have a uh, article on there titled Some Dangerous UFO Encounters with Negative Physical Effects. And they have a couple different counters. This is the second one, I believe. It uh, starts off here and it says, A more direct aggression that was supposedly aimed at human beings by UFOs purportedly occurred in 1977 when an investigation known as Operation Saucer was launched to look into a series of incidents reported from the Brazilian city of Colares. Locals of the area claimed that there were numerous instances of bright objects of varying sizes and colors that were buzzing low over the tops of trees and shooting beams of bright light upon the helpless people on the ground. These beams of light were reported to inflict a good amount of damage on those on the receiving end, including puncture marks, burns, and lesions, and those who claimed to have been struck by the mysterious weapons reported that being hit by the light felt like a heavy weight roughly pushed against their chest. The beams of light were described as being around 7 or 8 centimeters in diameter. So just imagine that's uh, about 2 and 3 quarters to maybe uh, 3 inches around. Oh, I don't know, maybe the size of a tennis ball. It says... The beams of light were described as being around 7 or 8 centimeters in diameter and pure white in color. And it was said that when they hit the victims, the victims would try to scream, but that no sound would come out. The beams were described as feeling very intensely hot, like a cigarette being pressed into the flesh. Now that sounds like that would be extremely painful. I mean, you have these poor locals, this is 1977 in, in Brazil, up there along the, in the I believe in the north uh, east part of the country along the coastal, coastal areas, and you have these folks just minding their own business, when all of a sudden these uh, saucer-shaped craft fly overhead, but making this uh, disturbing buzzing sound, and start um, shining these what look like laser beams everywhere and just randomly striking people with them. It's no fun for the people. They claim that these, they show uh, wounds from these things, uh, the multiple pictures of the wounds, and they say that they feel like they've been burnt with a cigarette. Sounds pretty serious, actually. It says, The beams were described as feeling very intensely hot, like a cigarette being pressed into the flesh. Many of the victims of these light beams attacks were said to experience intense reddening of the skin akin to radiation injuries and were said to lose their hair and exhibit an increasing blackening of the skin over time. These rampaging flying saucers were known to the locals as the Chupa Chupa or Sucker Suckers. Kind of puts me in mind the Chupacabras. It says, and panic began to mount with many people moving away from the area altogether in order to escape the otherworldly onslaught. So that tells you that this attack went on for some time. In some cases, the occupants of the UFOs were actually seen. 
and they were described as being diminutive creatures about three to four feet in height. So not only were these people attacked by these flying saucers, they actually claimed to have seen the beings that were piloting these saucers, or at least were occupying them. The Brazilian Air Force was called in to investigate just what was going on, and Operation Saucer was investigated, instigated. rather. The investigation would allegedly culminate in a 2,000-page report featuring eyewitness testimony, around 500 photographs, and 16 hours of footage purportedly documenting the phenomena. Over the course of the investigation, it is claimed that several military personnel had nervous breakdowns or displayed a variety of mental issues. Now you have to wonder if that just wasn't because these people were suddenly faced with this new UFO reality and they couldn't accept it, or possibly this was uh, some offshoot of what these UFOs were actually doing to the population. The whole investigation was apparently kept top secret until some pages were released in 2004. Despite all of this, the military was hesitant to attribute the phenomena to aliens or UFOs, leading to a large amount of speculation. Some seem to think that this was a case of an area being used as a test ground for experimental aircraft, but others remain adamant that it was indeed aliens or some creature or some other non-human entities. One of the doctors who examined many of the patients suffering from the alien attacks, a Dr. Carvalho, later claimed that she had been strongly encouraged by the officials to downplay the injuries and chalk it all up to hallucinations. I just want to interject here. I actually saw a documentary on this um, uh, UFO encounter attack and an interview with this lady doctor, and she was very convincing. Uh, she seemed she seemed to really be speaking from the heart. And when she says that the officials told her to, pl to downplay this whole thing, I really felt like she was being truthful about that. But that's just a, a personal impression that I got from the interview with her. I believe she's... I believe that interviews out there some somewhere online where they do. There, I, I believe there is a video interview of her somewhere. If I happen to come across it, I'll I'll mention the link. But you can you can do your own looking around. Doctor Carvalho later claimed that she had been strongly encouraged by officials to downplay the injuries and chalk it all up to hallucinations. She even claims that she saw one of the UFOs herself, describing it as being a bright cone-shaped or cylindrical object. It would later become apparent from those accounts, from accounts by none other than Captain Urange Boliviar Soares Naguir de Namalindo Lima, I'm sure I butchered that, the commander of the whole operation, that many of the men on the case had gone insane or become or had been overcome with a thick, uncontrollable fear. He also revealed that some eyewitnesses reported coming face to face with the beings which were some form of which wore some form of protective clothing and shot collared beams. There were many reports that also spoke of UFOs emerging from the depths of the sea during the time, perhaps suggesting that they were based underwater. Captain Hollanda would allegedly be found dead in his home under mysterious circumstances not long after making these claims. Was Brazil the scene of an attack from another world? Just what is going on here? Other than the sheer movie-like quality of the whole thing, some elements seem rather odd, such as the fact that it seems strange that if these attacks were indeed the result of an advanced technology, that they should only burn the scanner, cause 
other non-life-threatening injuries. Why wouldn't such advanced weaponry do more damage? Nevertheless, just what was going on will probably remain a mystery. Now, there was another article here also that went into this. I thought did a pretty good job. And this is from Above Top Secret. A lot of good stuff on there. And I'll read some of this article. They talk about the same uh, incident or series of incidents. And they also have some pictures on here of some of the people with their injuries. The title of their, this article is from April 14th, 2009. Above Top Secret. It says, Should we assume ETs are benign? It goes on and it repeats the story. It says, In August 1977, an area of Brazil allegedly became the victim of widespread UFO of a widespread UFO wave that occurred sporadically for three months at the movie theaters. Close Encounters of the Third Kind was highlighting was highlighting how encounters with aliens could be uh, an innocent and magical event. Down in Claris, they were having a completely different experience. In Claris, they were at the mercy of marauding UFOs whose behavior looked more like a raiding party than any peace and love exercise. By the end of the Clarice flap, over 35 people had been hospitalized. Two men had died, and many inhabitants had simply left. If these, inc- if these events are, any, are in any way factual, something out there isn't very friendly. They have a picture of the, uh, of the site where this stuff occurred at. And the article says, uh, it has a map here, it says general area where the incidents and sightings are alleged to have occurred. And as I said, this appears to be in northeastern Brazil. It says in August 77, small lights begin to appear in the skies of the area around Colaris and Belém. The lights are known as Chupa Chupa or, sucker, or Suck Sucks. I guess it would suck if you were there. Due to legends that the lights would sucked the blood of anyone they found at night. Now we'll just stop right there a second. And I just, you know, cause I just want to think for a second about this connection between um, UFOs and blood. Generally, we think about the connection between UFOs and the blood of cattle because, in, uh, at least in America, it seems as though that's a connection that can be made between these cattle mutilations and oftentimes the notion or even the sightings of UFOs in the area. The fact that these cattle are, fu- are found drained of blood. And what's just happened here uh, this past summer in, in uh, Oregon, where we had six different animals were found mutilated. <coughs> and completely drained of blood. <coughs> Excuse me, we see the same thing happening here. Where they're talking about these UFOs being associated with, with um, <clears throat> blood sucking. You have to wonder what's going on. What's what's the preoccupation between these UFOs and blood, whether it's of humans or <clears throat> or of cattle? The article continues. It says, due to legends that the lights would suck the blood of anyone they found at night, instead of being the typical UFO that performs random maneuvers and vanishes. These lights would suddenly flash a thin white beam at people. Anyone struck by the beam 
would relate an extreme burning sensation and feel weak and lethargic. Many simply fainted. A barber, Carlos Cardosa de Paula, aged 49, recalls a close encounter with the lights and how they didn't mind entering your home. He says, everybody was asleep. I was still having my last smoke when suddenly a ball of fire entered our house up near the ridge pole of the gable. I started shooting around. It's, it started shooting around room to room and then finally came right close to my hammock. It ran up my right leg as far as the knee without touching my skin. I watched with much curiosity as it then moved across the, to the other leg. When I started to feel feeble and sleepy, my cigarette fell from my hand, and I came in, and I came to, and let out a yell. Wow! You have to wonder if possibly what he wasn't remembering was an abduction. Just you could imagine laying there in your bed, that tropical environment, in the middle of the night. And this, of course, is 1977. I'm not. I'm assuming there's not a lot of light pollution around. And all of a sudden, he sees this white beam of light, just uh, maneuvering around his room until finally, it focuses on him. And at that point. He just sounds like he just drops his cigarette and passes out. Here's another one. Anna Celia Olivier above has a picture of this little gal. She uh, looks like she's got some burns on her face, possibly. Was only a young girl of six at the time, so her recollections might not be so accurate. Nevertheless, she relates an account that illustrates a growing discomfort in the area. Many people had had been struck by a hot white beam of light, and reports of a wide variety of the different shaped UFOs were common, Olivier recalls. goes on and says, People and animals were attacked. There was no food, terrible lack of food. No one was fishing. People would not go out to their vegetable gardens. For crops, everybody tried to go around in large groups. Nobody wanted to be left alone. All of the Colorado's stopped all of Chloros stopped and six at 6 o'clock. It got dark and we would go to sleep. Groups of as many as 50 to 60 women and children would get together in one house. The men would stay awake all night. They lit bonfires and banged on pots and pans to make noise to scare the UFOs away. People began to shoot into the sky to scare them away. Wow. Now... Listening to these accounts, you kind of begin to form, I at least form an idea of why the previous author said, well, if these things are so advanced, why didn't they just kill the inhabitants? Well, obviously their object wasn't to kill the inhabitants. Obviously their object was to feed off of them. Now, whether this is just some way that they were um, extracting human blood through this laser beam or whatever, who knows, but it was... Maybe even it was psychically feeding off people, but I don't think that the intent of these things was to kill the people. I think, like I say, I think it was to somehow they were feeding off of them. The article goes on and says, as usual, we have the typically could be anything uh, images to support, and they have some pictures there on the website, which are fine. Uh, they do um, look like they could be UFOs. Of course, these pictures were taken in 1977. They just look like uh, blurry bob blobs of light. Well, that's what you would expect with the camera equipment that they had at hand. I mean, any moving light would just 
that look like a blur, and that's what they look like. It, it says uh, images were taken by a witness, and then it says Dr. Walid Samim Kervalho was the local physician, and it fell to her to treat the victims of these encounters. She took blood samples and concluded that the victims suffered from generalized hypothermia, superficial chronic headache, burnings, intense heat, nausea, tremor in the body, giddiness, uh, asthenia, and presented very small punctures in the skin where they were hit by the beams. These symptoms were regularly seen in patients undergoing chemotherapy. When their blood becomes weakened by the radiation, Dr. Carvalho wrote, all of them had suffered lesions to the face or the thoracic area. The lesions began with intense <clears throat> reddening of the skin in the affected area. Later, the hair would fall out and the skin would turn black. There was no pain, only a slight warmth. One also noticed small puncture marks in the skin. The victims were men and women of varying ages without any pattern. Goes on, it says, two patients with puncture marks after claiming to be struck with thin, with a thin white beam. And you can go on and, and, and look up the case. There's multiple pictures of these, and it just looks like, you know, like two little um, puncture wounds, basically, there from these uh, light beams that they were struck with. The UFOs themselves were seen flying around over land and sea, and fishermen had seen them entering and leaving the bay on many occasions. Now this is where this thing gets a little strange. Is now we're now we're seeing not just UFOs but USOs, and I believe this is kind of an area that's known for uh, unidentified submersible objects, USOs. So who's to say if these were even the same batch that were flying around attacking people? Maybe they were attacking each other. I don't know, but it's it seems like an awful lot of activity all at once. These things were just swarming. The impression here is of a quantity of UFOs ranging from as small as 2 centimeters, cigar-shaped, huge craft that make little or no attempt to remain unseen. They are prepared to incapacitate and injure people as well as entering property at will. Oh my gosh, now these things are as small as 2 centimeters. So, let's see if... Uh, we said centimeters, seven centimeters is two and three quarter inches. So I don't know. I mean, you're looking at what, like a like an inch or two here. I mean, something smaller than the size of a golf ball flying around your house, shooting out laser beams, terrorizing people. You can imagine how terrorized these people must have been in these remote villages or cities of Brazil, 1977. Uh, you know, it's tropical, so the sun, the days and nights are going to be about 12 hours, 12 hours, no matter what. So you have, a, you have a lot of a lot of dark time, a lot of downtime at night. And just imagine being in one of those villages with these horrible little golf ball-sized UFOs flying around, uh, shooting out laser beams, burning people. I mean, just terrorizing people. You can see why people left. And it says, entering property. So here you are, it's in, you know, it's it's a warm climate, and you're having to completely seal up your house, otherwise these things are going to fly through a window or a door and attack you. Just awful. Rosio Olivier is Cecile's father, and it says he was interviewed in 1999 by MUFON. Some 30, some 30 years, such events are unlikely to be too 
diminished in memory. So they're talking about it 30 years later. It says sometimes the UFOs go into the water. I've seen blue lights moving around under the water, and I've seen them come out. It just goes up and away in a northern direction, up and down in a wavy motion toward the ocean. It began with lights all over Clarus, sometimes in the shape of a hat, round disc like an umbrella. They seemed to come from very high up, from many places, one from the sky, one from the bay. They put out a strong light, too bright to see a shape. The light was blinding. One time we saw three or four objects come together into one big one. They seemed to come from different directions and then join together. Many times we would see them going across the island toward Belem. They didn't make any noise, very silent. One time we saw many UFOs coming out of the water at the same time. One, two, three, four. Many lights came out of the water. Huge objects went into the water, came down, and went into the water. It goes on, it says, In November 1977, events had become unacceptable to the populace, and they became frustrated that nobody seemed to care. The Maribelim stood outside his house with his son and watched as a large yellow UFO crossed the night sky. Minutes later, the village power supply went off and left them in darkness. This is something that we do hear about with these things sometimes. Now, in a recent uh, podcast, we were told that, I believe this was the police officer back in 1967 who had been stopped by UFO, and he was telepathically told that they were there to borrow the electricity. And it does seem like somehow they're using man-made, man-generated electricity possibly to charge themselves. It goes on, it says, In the next 15 minutes, three large lights slowly, three large lights flew slowly over the village and surrounding areas was flickering on and off. When they finally left, the power came back on. The mayor felt enough was enough and called for military assistance. Assistance came in the form of military investigator Sergeant Alvaro Pinto Santos in what became known as Project Pirato, or Project Plate, or Saucer. It says an unmarked car was sent into the area with a range of photographic equipment Theodite binoculars and telescopes on November 26th. They had a busy 24 hours with nine separate sightings. So they did send in the military. They did have sightings of this stuff. It continues, it says, uh, interviewed in 1999, Sergeant Santos recalled how the villagers were so scared and probably angry that they began shooting at the lights, although he advised against it. There still were incidents, and the UFOs would retaliate by targeting the shooter with a beam of light that would cause them to faint. So here we have an instance of where the observers are actually trying to shoot these things, which, of course, you wouldn't think that would really have any impact on them. But it's almost when these UFOs are engaged, they seem to be obliged to engage back. He says, really scared. They didn't know what to do. They were so terrified. They didn't fish. They wanted guns to shoot. We had to explain to them that they couldn't shoot at the UFOs or things could get worse. 
the man in charge of Project Project Prato, Colonel Holando, parallels Santos' recollections with his own description of villagers being incapacitated and temporarily blinded by hostile UFOs. He says the people shot at the disc very often, but we told them don't do that. Holanda cited the case of Cloros Carpenter in his 50s, who, who was badly frightened when a UFO focused a beam of light on his home. He got a rifle and aimed it at the disc. The light turned red, and he felt it, and he fell to the ground. He was barely able to move for 15 days. The first day, he was dizzy. He could hear, see, and speak normally, but could barely move. He was in a hammock all that time. The extract from the preliminary report is interesting as it remains neutral and in no way implies the events have a physical cause or otherwise. It leaves any conclusion open to further information and evidence as it describes. Now here we come in with a little bit of what I think might be some debunking. It says collective hysteria. Its inhabitants terrified by the appearance of mysterious lights of unknown origin. They don't sleep nor fish. The population lives in a state of terror. At times a scream of fear and then news is spread that the apparatus attacked so-and-so. People struck by a beam of light suffer what we can call a nervous breakdown for lack of a better explanation. Those symptoms are nearly always the same. Partial or total paralysis, loss of speech, chills, dizziness, hot flashes, hoarseness, um, tachycardia, tremors, migraines, type headaches, and progressive numbness of the areas hit by the beam of light. Well, it would almost seem to me that the people did suffer psychosis or mental breakdowns, but it wasn't because uh, it was in their heads, so to speak. These things were physically altering their brain structures, what it appears. It goes on, and we'll finish up here. It says, The MUFON investigation follows in the best traditions of these incidents. Conflicting interest versus vested interest. A host of possible explanations, missing photos, and four videos of the UFOs. Witness state statements undermined by questions of hysteria and tendencies to assume that villagers are unable to differentiate between a lighthouse and a moving UFO. Military investigations investigators unsure of exactly how much evidence the intelligence the intelligence investigators were sharing with them, a base commander feeling he was kept out of the loop. I'll leave it at I, I'll leave it at this so anyone can read more in the following links. So it's just an outstanding article, actually. And so what we have there in Claros, Brazil, back in 1977, what it appears is we have a couple different villages of people reporting that multiple UFs were attacking them with these what appear to be laser beams. These UFOs ranged in, size, ranged in size from maybe the size of a golf ball to the size of a, of a football stadium. I don't know. They were huge. All different sizes. Some came from high in the sky, we're told. Some came from uh, the ocean. So this almost seems like a correlated attack from land and sea. And this went on for uh, approximately three months. It was so intense that a lot of people just left. They were literally being attacked by these things in their houses. Now, we have pictures um, of the wounds that were inflicted from these things. We have lots and lots of testimony from doctors and healthcare providers that were there. We even have government reports. And then we have reports of the base commander from the military who was supposed to be, you know, on top of this situation and being kept out of the loop as if 
as if the authorities found something out that they just didn't really want to talk about too much. And we see this a lot when we have a negative encounter with a UFO. A lot of times the authorities try to cover it up or deny it because, because in my opinion at least, it takes away from their authority. I mean, the guys investigating this stuff, they want to be... They want, they want to be the top guy in the food chain. The last thing in the world, the world that they want to do is have to acknowledge that there could be some type of UFO phenomena out there that uh, is a bigger predator than them. But in this case, in Claros, Brazil, it does appear that there were multiple predators in the form of UFO phenomena because people actually were injured. Injuries were recorded and photographed, and testimonies were recorded. And even today, you can go online and find some of those uh, documentary videos where people were interviewed about what happened back in 1977. Fascinating stuff. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.